some money in exchange for some time. And after all, this transaction doesn't affect anyone else. If you were 18th in line ahead of them, you'll still be 18th after their transaction is done. If they bought the place of the first person in line, and that person moved back and switched with them, moved back to 20th place, no one else in the line is affected in any way by this transaction. To any economist, this sort of transaction is perfectly reasonable. But anyway, the story goes, the discussion got a little heated. Some people just didn't see the reasonableness of the economic offer. And in the end, it seemed to the two economists it was better just to leave for home and maybe get a pizza delivered for dinner or something else. Here's a second story. Most of you are familiar with what happens when you get to the airport and the airline has sold more tickets than there are seats on the plane. They make that announcement, we are overbooked, anyone willing to take the next flight and get a free ticket or maybe a voucher for $300 against a free ticket, please contact the gate attendant. And eventually they get a volunteer and life goes on. But it wasn't always that way. Up until about 1978, airlines overbooked their flights. That is, they sold more tickets than they had seats, but if you showed up near departure time and the plane was already full and there wasn't a seat, you just got bumped to the next flight. There was no choice and there was no compensation. An economist named Julian Simon had noticed this problem back in the 1960s. And in 1968, he published an article called An Almost Practical Solution to Airline Overbooking. His basic, almost practical idea was that the airline should ask people to write down what the people would be willing to accept in exchange for delaying to the next flight. The airline could then choose the lowest bid. Now, at the time, this was thought of as the sort of silly, unrealistic proposal that some academic economist might make. Impossible to administer, unlikely ever to work, a little wacky, perhaps a little disturbing, Maybe even as weird as trying to buy a place in line at the grocery store. But when they were required to start offering a ticket for being bumped in the late 1970s, the airlines and customers found out that actually it worked just fine. Not only was it better for customers, who could now choose whether they were going to be bumped or not, but it turned out to be better for airlines too, because they could overbook their flights, at least to some extent, with impunity. They know that if the flight does overflow, it will be a volunteer giving up a seat, a compensated volunteer, but still a volunteer, not someone who was forced to do so against their will. It turned out that creating a situation where those who would be bumped could choose themselves, rather than having a situation where people were bumped without having an ability to make a choice, made all parties, both the customers and the airlines, better off. Here's a third story, which sometimes for economists goes under the name of the golf course joke. Three guys are playing golf. There's a minister, a social worker, and an economist. As they go around the course, the group playing ahead of them is really, really slow. And by the end of the day, our three friends at the golf course are just steaming. It's taken forever. They go to the manager of the golf course to complain, and they say, look, this group ahead of us was just really too slow. They're messing up everyone's day. And the manager says, oh, I'm really sorry. We'll try to make it right with you. But you should know the group ahead of you was a group of players who were blind. 
But they use these balls that beep, and they play the balls largely by sound. I'm so sorry you were inconvenienced. Uh, we'll try and make it up to you in the future. Well, you can just imagine what our friends say. The minister says, oh, I always tell people to be forgiving. And now I face a situation where I should be the forgiving one. I'm so disappointed in myself. The social worker says, oh, you know, I've always worked for accommodations for the disabled. Now I face a situation where I need to be the one making the accommodations. I feel like I've betrayed my real professional status here. The economist listens to this conversation and what the others have said and pauses for a minute. And then the economist looks up and says, why don't you just let the blind people play at night? Now, I'll hasten to say here, I'm not arguing that blind people should only be allowed to golf in the dark. But what I will say...